Oh my gosh, you guys must have been rubbing your phones because out came a little genie in the form of me, Stefan, from a Comedy Advice Podcast. And guess what? It is your lucky day because I am going to grant you three wishes. Now, here's the kicker. You don't get to choose the wishes. I get to choose the wishes. First wish, great episode. I've got very special guest, new host of The Soup on E, Jade Cotapretta. She is a gem of a person. And she's just so bubbly, so full of energy, so nice, so smart. I had an awesome time talking with her, and you're going to have an awesome time listening. That will be a wish granted. Poof! We talk about her. She's been a comedian for so long. And before that, she was born in Brazil. So she came over here when she was a kid to Charlottesville. Virginia. And so we talk a little bit about what it was like growing up and wanting to fit in with everybody and disconnecting from being Brazilian and then going back and really feeling that connection, doing stand up in Portuguese and how doing shows there and making a documentary helped shape her stand up. We talk about how she got the new gig on the soup at E and then we give some bad advice. So it is overall great time. Okay, you guys are saying, wow, that's a pretty good first wish. What's the second and third wish? I don't really have any. I ran out. But I'm going to switch them so they're going to be my wishes for you guys. Yeah. Oh, man. What kind of genie did you guys rub? Mm, that sounds weird. But you rubbed a genie that gets to make wishes on you. So my wish, first off, if this is your first time listening, thank you. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend about this amazing genie that takes wishes from you. It's awesome. Now, if you're a frequent listener, thank you guys. Much love. Mmm, giving you a big squeeze right now. Yeah, rubbing your arms, giving you a little pat, and then maybe a kiss on the cheek. We can do it since it's over the airwaves. I don't think you can spread coronavirus that way. But guys, you're awesome. I love you. Thank you for supporting me. If you want to continue to support me to help make this a better podcast, I have a link in the show notes to my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash a comedy advice podcast. For as little as $2 a month, you can support me and you get ad-free content, you get early releases, you get bonus episodes. Wow. Oh, I think I just went a little Jim Gaffigan there. Oh, he sounds fat. Maybe it's crossing over into a very creepy Winnie the Pooh. Christopher Robin. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, I think that's it, guys. So I'm going to let you get to the episode. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for deaf and, and friends. To make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Seven? A uh, comedy advice podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Comedy Advice Podcast. My name is Stefan Satani, and I'm your host. Joining me today is a very special, amazing, spectacular guest. She's a comic born in Brazil and actress. She's performed all across the country in both English and Portuguese. She's the new host of The Soup on E! Everybody welcome Jade Cata Preta! Hey. I know I always feel like I need something like bow, 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 bow. Oh. <laughs> yeah I tried to liven up the name too to lean into I love it, that. it. <laughs> I was practicing in uh downstairs and my wife was like who are you talking you have about? a great announcer voice by the way I'm sure you do voiceover stuff but 
I love that you go down to your wife, like, dinner is ready. I should do that, especially when I have to deliver bad news. Oh, I yeah. left the toilet seat open. Oh, see, I was going to go like, I've been cheating on you. Yours is like, <laughs> I got your sister pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Like that infuriates me, but comforts me with your voice. Yeah, so I, wow, the voice makes me feel it's like so nostalgic. <laughs> I'm a little torn. But anyway, enough about boring old me. Let's talk uh-huh. about you. I know you're the new host of The Soup on E! And you're an amazing comedian. And I want to talk about all of that. But I wanted to start off with how are you holding up? I know that we've, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I just want to make sure you're okay. Oh, man, I'm doing okay. How are you? Day by day. I'm doing well. Not a lot of guests ask me how I am. And I really appreciate Where are it. You? Are you in L.A.? No, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, no way. So even is it 200 degrees there? Because it's like 105 here right now. Yeah, we've reached 210. The lizards are fuck this. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lizards are wi- running across, combusting or on fire. It's it's Armageddon over here. Oh, but. my gosh. That would be funny. They just converse in just little pockets of fire all over. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird time for everybody. You know, I feel the 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 feeling of the whole world and all, you know, all the political stuff that's happening. And there's a lot of horrible things, but a lot of really positive things. And I have to admit like this pandemic has been very, um, it's been interesting. There's been some silver linings, some realizations, but also I know it's scary and it's, it's time for us to take action. And, you know, so change can actually happen. So it's a balance of that. And then also just being home, like smoking joints, pantless, you know, so. My favorite thing to do. What are you going to do? <laughs> I also know that you're a yoga enthusiast, love paddle boarding. Have you been doing any of those things? You know, I have been doing both of those things. And also I've been really, really obsessed with Zumba. It's it's a joke that I have now. My next show is called Me, Myself, and Zumba. Oh, It's been kind of, I don't know, it's what I do every day that kind of puts me in a good mood. That's awesome. You know what? I used to do that to put me in a good mood because my yeah. wife would drag me to her courses. So I would be the only guy in the Zumba classes. I love that. I ended up getting kind of okay. But the yeah. first couple, and then other people started bringing their husbands and boyfriends and stuff. Started a whole revolution. Yeah, and they looked at me like, "Why, why, bro? Why'd you have to do this? Like, Why'd you drag what's me?" What's this Zoom boy doing here? A Zoom boy. <laughs> I like that. They're like, "What's he doing here? Is he picking up girls?" Um, my instructor is a guy named Hector. I'm obsessed. Honestly, like I, it's me and a bunch of moms, and I love it so much. I wear wrist weights now too. That's a new addition. <laughs> Oh, advanced. I like that. Yeah. And the days that I don't do that, I have to admit, I have a lot of anxiety that I'm constantly dealing with. So I think the Zumba helps me like kind of shake it off and start the day. In a... So that's one. actually, that's an advice before the advice section, like do something that helps you exude a little bit of energy. Because I think a lot of people who are into comedy have really quick, crazy brains. My brain is definitely going a lot faster than my mouth can. Um, a little <laughs> bit of like Robin Williams brain in that sense. Um, so do something that helps you kind of like release that energy, especially before you perform. That's like a big yes. thing. Oh, I yeah. think that's excellent advice. It's really good, especially for all those people that either are working from home, don't have a job, um, comedians, if if that's what they had, and now everything's kind of closed down. I think it's yeah. important to do at least something where you're releasing some endorphins and you're... you're... Yeah, like masturbate, do Zumba, go on a walk, you know... Make yeah, the combo. They do a puzzle. I like that's in between every piece. <laughs> I like that. Do them all at once, and that's extra efficiency. Yeah, it uh, just means I, that you know to keep you from going crazy. Sorry. 
No, no, all good, all good, and great advice too. I also wanted to ask a little bit about your upbringing. I know you're an amazing comic, host of E, actress. You've performed and, and guested in a lot of TV shows, which is awesome. But on top of that, you're born in Brazil, so English wasn't even your first language. How was it like coming over from Brazil to? It was it was rough to Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. That's where we went to. Um, it was a rough transition. Like, I'm not going to lie. I think that a lot of my motivation to do comedy was language is such a, like a, a difficult thing for me at a certain point. It's what kind of impeded me from connecting to people. And now language is what connects me to people. And I think that because I moved when I was really, really young and I hadn't really developed like who I was yet, I never really felt like I could take ownership of being Brazilian until I recently just went back a few years ago. And it sort of kind of shaped out who I am on stage. And it took me a long time to kind of like feel connected to Brazil again. Cause you're young and you're like, Fuck, I don't want to be an immigrant. I want to be cool. Like all these Southern kids, you know? <laughs> um, and so the transition was hard and I kind of wanted to fit in and I lost a little bit of myself um, in the year earlier years. And I'm just kind of, getting back to like who I truly am now and being connected to my country. And there's a lot of Portuguese on the soup and it airs in Brazil. So it's kind of this full circle story. It's really cool. And um, I shot a documentary about going back to Brazil and doing stand up in Portuguese for the first time, which has been really new to me. And um, yeah, just eating shit in another language. You haven't really lived until you've done that. So I <laughs> that is amazing. And I love, I've been seeing your posts and you've been calling people like, hey, bunjinhas, or just mixing in Portuguese a little bit. Yeah, I love it. Portuguese. Yeah, it's, it's Portuguese. Yeah. And, and it's so cool that I, I heard the story about how, I think it was the first time you went back to Brazil in 20 years. And like you yeah. said, you you hooked up with Hafinha Bastos and yeah, you ended yeah. up doing shows with him and filmed the documentary. And so I yeah. think one props to you. I mean, even for doing stand up, it takes a lot of guts. But then doing it in another language, even though you're fluent in it, I mean, yeah. it's it, it, you're in a different country. Jargon. It was like the jargon. It was the rhythm. Like they're in a different place in comedy than we are. You know, they what they find funny is different. Um, there's not a lot of universal things that that stand true except like sex physical comedy and being really loud you know so yeah after you kind of get rid of those little gimmicky things you kind of find who you want to be and you know it's i'm still learning and i haven't done stand-up um in five months so it's also kind of a weird time to be discussing it because i feel so disconnected to it and i miss it so much and i kind of am starting to hate it like you know when you miss something for a long time you're like fuck you um <laughs> It's like a breakup, you know, comedy's like, we're done. And you're like, no, wait, I'm not ready. I want to, I want to stay. Yeah. But I think a lot of things, a lot, like people don't know this, but when you do stand up every night, like I was doing every night, there is sort of this underlying pressure that you always feel. And it's kind of, you kind of get it, get addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of this feeling like, like this, this fear, like this kind of like, you know, cause you kind of have to talk yourself up all the time. Like, it's okay. You know, got to get up there. But then not having that really, you know, that release of it is like, I miss that. I don't miss the pressure part. I miss having that feeling of like, I don't know, you kind of remind yourself why you do it, you know, every yeah. time you're on stage. Yeah. 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 That's true. Like a relationship, you know, I leave the toilet exactly. seat down. I get my, my wife's sister pregnant, but then I really, those moments when we're sitting on the or couch. Those moments when you guys were doing push-up uh, puzzles. Um, that's yes. when... Little Zumba buddies for life. That's right? we are. <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to say too is I feel like 
stand up you you've done stand up and you've done an awesome job at it i don't i don't know how big hafinha bastos is in the united states but he's huge in brazil like, yeah uh, and yeah. I think he's making a name for himself here too. I, I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. That. I feel very proud. I feel like he was like my little baby that I brought along, even though he was like already a very tall, grown man. Um, <laughs> he can't walk down the street in Brazil. He's like as big as they get. He voices all of the TV. You know, he's he's done film. He's done commercials. He's done literally. He's done it all. He's the Chappelle of Brazil, um, wow. and he owns. He opened the very first comedy club there called Comedians. And he's just genuinely the funniest guy and loves stand up, like loves the true form of writing jokes and trying jokes out and like really word for word. And we have a very different outlook on how to do comedy because I write a lot of my stuff on stage and I'm a lot looser with my language. But just seeing his growth was just beautiful. Like, cause I, you know, you collect your kind of resources as you go and I would have never shared those with anybody because it took me so long, you know, and it, I was kind of like holding on to them very tight, but it was beautiful to see like me using everything I could to help him and how far along he went so quickly and he got passed at the cellar and, you know, he was, he was kind of grooving along when this whole thing happened. So oh. it's a bummer, but, but, you know, it's cool. And, and it was cool knowing that I had a feel a part in the community in Brazil and he had a part here and we kind of made that happen from scratch. So it was cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's super cool. And I know that, that you'd worked with him. And I was just about to say, too, that you were on the road with Bobby Lee for, what, seven years. You've done shows with Kevin Nealon, um, Bill Burr, a bunch of amazing comedians. Oh, and so I, yeah, those are my main guys, for sure. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and to that point, I feel like I, I wanted to ask how you got started in stand up, and you've obviously achieved such monumental accolades here, and and have performed with such cool people. Well, thanks. I started at the comedy store. I started kind of. I had a job, and I met someone. I had like a job at National Lampoon, like a hosting a little gig. Yeah. And one of the directors there was at the comedy store, Sandy Danto, and he brought me over. And I, I kind of just from then, I you know, once I did one set, it was over. I couldn't, I couldn't go back. It wasn't something I thought I would do. I went to school for musical theater and I really wanted to be an actor and, a, you know, host and stuff, but I never really thought about stand up in a, that way. Um, so I kind of, it kind of caught me. It kind of like came into my life, like a, like a drunk ex-boyfriend, you know? And then dropped you just as hard with Just as hard. COVID. You know, I want more still. I want more. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I miss him. I text him every now and then. Hey, you around? Every now and then when something funny happens and I'm like, I remember <laughs> thought of you. Um, but but <laughs> that's amazing. And um I was gonna say too, I feel like, or I was gonna ask, uh -huh. with acting and comedy, I feel like there's so much rejection where comedy no. I <laughs> surprise listeners, rejection. <laughs> With comedy, I feel like there's there's a wide range of it. I feel like there's the micro rejection where it's just like every 15 seconds you're asking for approval through laughter. And so you're working through that and you have to build up this resiliency. And then acting, you could have these life-changing roles on the tip of your fingers and then they just get torn away from you. People have no idea how much I audition and how the daily grind of it is you have to separate yourself because for a long time I would kind of evaluate my worth through like my bookings and that doesn't work. Cause once you still get a big job, you're still going to feel empty inside. 
Um, it is a grind. I mean, I miss having that instant gratification that stand up brought to me. Like I have actor friends and I'm like, how do you do it? Like you have to constantly be working on something creative to kind of fill that hole, you know? Yeah. Um, but stand up kind of provided that for me. Cause I don't really, I feel like I'm far enough along now where I still have bad sets obviously, but mm-hmm. not in the way that I used to. It was like, who am I? Ah, you know, like it was, just, I couldn't sleep. Like I was nauseous. And now it's just like, Hey, you know, whatever I worked out, didn't go like I wanted to that joke about the priest wasn't as funny as that. And, you know, move along. Um, so, but yeah, the acting, acting is definitely a harder thing because you now we have to do self tapes. So not only are you like memorizing oh. lines and kind of going in and feeling the energy of the room, you're self-directing, you're making sure the tape looks good, sounds good. And it's kind of something that I don't really fully enjoy. Like I've never really been into like self-reducing. I kind of like losing myself in the, in the moment. Mm-hmm. and kind of being t- like told where to go outside of myself and so that part's really hard for me because with stand-up it's like I want to be in control of everything like I want to make sure that they're laughing at the right spot blah, blah, blah. but with acting like I don't want to be in control like I want somebody else to go like do this do that be this person and so um two two d- totally different things for me for sure wow wow that's really cool I, I actually was going to ask too but it seems like maybe they are kind of separate in different fields but with yeah. comedy i know that there is some act out some acting and things like that do you think that helped you with your acting career do you think it may have um harmed it how do you think it affected it well, i don't think i think you know in the beginning like i would book acting little acting things and then i would do stand-up and i think a lot of casting directors weren't even aware that i did stand-up it wasn't until oh, like much wow. later on, even now, like I still meet casting directors where they're like, oh, you do stand up? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like 12 years. Um, oh, but um, now they're sort of merging together where I'm becoming more of like a personality versus like, you know, like the Brazilian girl who like kind of looks Jewish. Um, so it's cool to kind of like slowly form that, you know, after you grind for so long, you started kind of develop a brand. Coming from a guy, a white guy that looks like any white guy out there that said, I get all the time, oh, you look like this person or this person, this person. Do you, I know you're also in that position. Do you get annoyed when people are like, oh, you look like Sarah Silverman or you look like. No, I, no, people do say that I look like Whitney Cummings every day. I'm like, I don't see it. Um, <laughs> I love her, but I just don't think I look anything like her. Um, no, I, it's an honor. I mean, people, a lot of people say Lady Gaga before the nose job, which, yeah, I see oh, it. Okay. Okay. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. at, at least you get good looking people. I, I'm more like. Who do you get? You're like a Dax Shepard type. Oh, okay. I haven't heard that before, but the, yeah, I'll, I'll take yeah, that as a compliment. Like that's like who you'd see in a casting office. You okay. know what I mean? If you're like looking around. All right. I'll thank you. I, it's recorded yeah. too, so I can just play it back when but I'm feeling yeah, down. Just... <laughs> she said it. <laughs> you kind of look like Dax Shepard. Yes. You know, and then you can do like young dads. That's always a good thing. I go in for a lot of young mom roles. Yeah. But I know I get, sometimes I get, oh, you look like Tom from Seton Prep or from my high school. Oh, I, I get that a lot too. Like, you remind me of my fun, funny cousin. <sighs> Is she fun. single? No. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I also wanted to ask a little bit about your new, new-ish. I mean, I guess it started in February. Hosting job at E, at, on The Soup. Uh, yeah. How did that come about? Were you on their radar? Did you I was. Get- I was on their radar. I did a pilot. They saw it right around the same time as they were testing. And it was like pretty seamless kind of, I don't know, with testing, it can be really like you do a test, you do another, they change something. And this one was pretty painless. I did one test. They gave me the script. I kind of made it my own. And 
it was with a whole old crew, you know, like um, mm-hmm. Tom who would do the laughter and all the stuff and seeing the logo behind me. The whole thing was just such a cool, they were really gentle on me. Um, and I was the bridesmaid a lot. So it was very, it was cool to have that experience um, to be the bride, you know. Uh- Oh, that's awesome. And I have to say, I love everything that I've seen so far. I think you guys are on oh, 10 thanks, episodes. Man. Thanks. We're getting there. I feel like it's been a real challenge finding our groove, especially because none of us are in the same room together. Um, working remotely is really difficult for comedy. We are finding out because we all have different opinions and, you know, it's like all meshing it all together and making everybody happy. And so I think we're doing a good job. I don't know this last one. I'm really proud of this last one. Um, I'm getting used to doing comedy to silence. And not wanting to like rush it. Um, yes. and it's a work in progress. Definitely. Like I watched and I was like, I could have been a little, a little longer there, waited a little, but, um, but yeah, I'm having fun. It's good to be back and to have days where I forget kind of the outside world. Oh, that's awesome. And I, yeah. I love everything that you guys have done with it too, where I know you guys had advertised a little less salty, where I feel a little less bad now laughing at what's going on, where I feel like yeah, I wanted to feel a little more inclusive. You know, like we don't want it to be like every joke about a, one certain group of people. Like we want it to feel like everybody's in on every joke and everyone's making fun of each other. Kind yes. of that. Yeah. And I, I, yes, exactly. And I saw that with, uh, I loved the Lifetime Award from Lifetime. Oh, an award for Lifetime Achievements. Yes, yes. That was Emma it. Very- Fox is such a gem. She's such a professional. It's so fun working with people like that where they're just like, they get the script like five minutes before and they're like off book, like so professional and so sweet oh that's awesome that's my favorite thing to do (laughs) like the Vivica thing I was like okay (laughs) that's amazing and then you I love how all the the costumes and everything that you you dress up as from oh my god it's crazy because it's always like we have like a day to shoot all of it so it's just it's an it's an I'm running up and down changing we get a few takes only for everything and just trying to enjoy the process and not be so like controlling of every, you know, it's supposed to be stupid, you know, it's supposed to be fun. So I just wanted to come across as we're having fun. Yes. That's, that's how I feel as I'm, oh, I'm watching good. it. So good. hello, you gorgeous goobers. Stefan here wanted to take a break to talk to you a little bit about the expanse real estate team here in Phoenix, Arizona. Guys, if you're looking to buy a house in Phoenix or the surrounding areas, there is no better team. Not even the Avengers. Iron Man and Captain America could not do you as good as the Expanse real estate team in Phoenix, Arizona. Guys, they will provide you a free initial consultation to set your expectations and inform you exactly what to expect when purchasing a home in Phoenix. Now, they don't limit the amount of homes that they show you like other brokerages. They are there to get you a home. They're making sure that your domicile is their top priority and they will find you something for the best price. So guys, head on over to expanserealestate.com or call 480-400-1745. And you know what? It also works if you're trying to sell. Are you in Phoenix and trying to sell your home? Give them a call, 480-400-1745 or expanserealestate.com and they will help you out. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Condition One. While stationed in Africa, U.S. Marine Matt DeMaio faced his toughest challenge yet. Ghosts? Dragons? Nope, his diet. 
Like many Marines, Matt wasn't eating real food on a daily basis, and as a result, he and his fellow Marines had constant fatigue and low energy. What his body really craved was the perfect performance bar. A well-rounded protein bar made from real food. One packed with a full spectrum of amino acids and protein with complex carbs and healthy fats. For sustained energy, muscle fatigue prevention, and more. So, Matt teamed up with a nutritionist and Condition 1 was born. From soldiers and gym lovers to those with active lifestyles, C1 can help you reach your fitness goals without that dry, chalky taste. Ah, man, I could just taste it just saying chalky. Yeah. No, this is the real stuff. And to honor his military roots, every C1 purchase helps veteran nonprofits. And guess what, guys? Condition One is exclusively offering my listeners 10% off your guys' next online purchase. So head on over to GoCondition1.com and use the code POD10 to get your protein bar today. Well, thank you so much, Jade. We're going to go into the self-help portion of the podcast, unless you've got anything else that you'd like to declare to the world. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. Good. Okay. All right. We'll hold that. Hold that thought. All right. We're going to get into the self-help portion, and I like to start off with a motivational quote before we answer some questions. So I've got a motivational quote that I've provided, but before I do that, I like to ask my guests if they have any motivational quotes that help get them through their dark days. Oh boy, let's see. I guess I don't know if this is a quote, but hmm. That's have, on brand with this podcast. I know I'm like, move forward. No, I have one that actually this is really cheesy, but I have one that I just talked about. My I had when I first got to LA, I had a business of acting coach. At, did, oh. did you know that there was a class people take? It's called oh. business of acting. And he said, There is no such thing. As failure in showbiz, there's just people who give up. Dang. Oh, okay. I feel like that's, that, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I'm absorbing it slowly. At first, I was like, ooh. But then now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, just don't give up. Okay. Yeah, just don't give up. I mean, I think that the, you know, you never know when something might hit. And not to just keep you going. If it's not working out, fucking quit. Get a real job. What are you going to do? But um no, I'm kidding. If you're really passionate <laughs> about it, um, like keep going, you know? Every day do something that goes towards what your goal is. Exactly. I think it was Neil Gaiman that was talking about a mountain and that was your goals and dreams and doing things to arrive towards that mountain. And sometimes it, the things in your early stages of career will lead you towards the mountain, whereas in the future, when you're already halfway up, it would lead you yeah. away from the mountain. It's true. And sometimes you have to go far away, you know, to get a supply and come back up. Like, there you go. You know, don't get discouraged. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that people, people get discouraged because, and don't compare yourself. That's the other thing. Do not fucking compare yourself to other people. People are on different journeys, like brush your own teeth. That's the biggest advice. I think those two things don't quit and don't look at other people's careers. I, I just imagine trying to brush other people's teeth and I don't. No, they're mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, that, that's fantastic. That's a great quote. It makes me a little shame to bring mine forward, which I'm excited. it's a quote from a robot called Inspirobot. And what it does is it uses AI to take some of the wisest words known to man and just mash them together for an Oh my gosh, I'm interested. Tell me. 
All right, we're going to try and decipher this one. This week's quote from InspiroBot is, overcoming yourself is fun until you eat more kale. Hmm. Huh. Okay, overcoming yourself is fun until you eat, you eat more kale. Okay, I get the overcoming yourself is fun because like you're in your own way, but then the eating more kale part, maybe they're talking about like when you take a big poop in the morning and you're like, I got through that. And then you eat more and then you got to poop again. Oh, I didn't take it in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially kale. kale. I think about kale makes you poop. Yeah. It's the only thing I think of when I think of kale. But what do they mean by that? Maybe InspireBot hates kale and it doesn't want any more kale in the world. Because I think kale... Kale is a person that you run into and you, it reminds you of the old you. And you maybe it's an ex-boyfriend and you get yourself caught up in kale again. I used to know a dude named Kale. Oh my gosh. Yes. Or you're comparing yourself to kale because you're thinking, oh, kale, that's bringing me down because I'm like kale and then I don't want to be leafy and green. So, right. Or maybe this is the perspective of a regular old lettuce, of an arugula or something where they're like, I'm finally okay with being the bitter lettuce. And then they see the kale and everyone's talking about the kale. Kale's the hot shit vegetable. And they're like, oh, but I'm just arugula. And it's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Arugula goes better with a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. You might be right. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I'm an old crisp iceberg lettuce i can't i can't that's do like anything the real lettuce that's like the that's like the ice lettuce you know yeah. don't worry arugula will rise again just don't give up <laughs> failure happens to those that give up and i think lettuce will rise again yes ex exactly awesome. all right perfect i think we nailed it we're inspired ready to go on to the next the question so we've got a question this is from reddit it's found by our fan trevor thank you trevor oh, what's up thanks trevor Ooh, all right, buckle up. This one's interesting. I'm getting edgy seeing my boyfriend bathing every single day, sometimes twice a day. Any advice on how to get him to spend less time in the bathroom without jeopardizing our relationship? I am a woman in my late 20s, and so is my boyfriend. He has a tough work, and I totally understand he needs a break sometimes and that hot baths help him relax as he deserves. But seriously, I need to almost make an appointment by texting him, as I am still on the train commuting if I want to have any chance of getting a quick bathroom when at home, yeah, it makes any last minute plan to use the bathroom in the evening impossible. I feel like this is really not fair to me. Uh, of course, everyone has needs, but I don't see why I should always be queuing for something I also need to pay the rent for. Sincerely, bathed and confused. Oh, I love that. Um, I think, well, this is a big issue, first of all. Do you not poop in front of your boyfriend? Is that what, what are we thinking? That's what, that's what I'm it. thinking. Like, even if you do poop in front of your boyfriend, like you want to poop by yourself. Like when you're home and you're stressed out and you want to come home. Like, so I think just be, I think honesty is key. Just be straight up like, Hey man, like I want you to have your time, but I also want to have at my time. So maybe we could work out something. Like when you know, you're going to take a bath, like you text me and I can let you know, like, Hey, maybe wait a little bit so I can get in there before you get in there. Because like multiple baths a day that's too many baths like what is he a porn star like what are we doing <laughs> that is so that's too many baths per one capita of a day like one is already a lot i don't know yeah i mean get your boyfriend maybe buy him a meditation subscription or something to headspace maybe compromise like you know like it's every other day you know what i mean like not every day but just be like just be fully honest i think honesty is key like just be like hey man i gotta shit sometimes and i want privacy yeah, I, you could do like my brother and I did when we wanted to get each other out of the bathtub, just poop in the bathtub. That way, in the bathtub. I mean, just the just the one time, and then you're in. So then you can poop yeah. in solace. So. I love that. Yeah, okay. you got to waste one poop in the tub to really get your poops in the toilet. 
Yeah, yeah, just one decoy stinker, and then you've and got the. One poop doesn't work. You keep you keep doing it. Um, Failure comes to those that don't give up or that do give up. So don't give up. Tubs. Now, be honest, man. If it's your boyfriend, like I mean, you guys are doing a lot of crazier things. Hopefully, so I don't think it's a big deal. Right. Exactly. Go go in the bathtub with him, maybe too. That might be relaxing. That's, that's got to be a big bathtub for two dudes. Like that's true. It's a fun, like you know. <laughs> That's when you, you know, and he's washing your back and you're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, <laughs> combing their hair. Oh, yeah. I want to be you. Right. Job. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Nailed it. We're done with that question. That was great. Last question. It's from Reddit from our fan, Reggie. Thank you, Reggie. Oh, cool. I like that name. It says, so I'm a 14 year old from the Netherlands and I got a snake tattoo on my forearm while drunk. How do I tell my family, especially my parents? I've had it for about two weeks since I was in Spain with friends. I'm going home tomorrow and don't know what to do. Sincerely. Okay, oh, sorry. What is it? It's sincerely it's nether again. That's so funny. <laughs> so who tattoos like a young Dutch boy? Oh. First of all, Dankjewel for the question. Um, but... Wow, crap. How conservative are your parents? I actually got my nipple pierced once. Like my friends wanted to get tattoos. We were in Florida and then they ended up getting henna tattoos and I ended up somehow getting my nipple pierced. And I called both of my parents and my mom's English was like a little shoddy at the time. And I said, you know, I pierced my nipple and my dad hung up. And then my mom was like, what, what, what did you say? What did you, you know, in Portuguese? And I'm like, uh-huh. I pierced, I explained it. And she goes, you know, just Jade, why? you just again honesty is key i mean i don't know are you allowed to be drinking i feel like in the netherlands kids drink a little you can drink yeah i think like eight is the legal drinking age in the netherlands so i think shout out to the netherlands i lived in vel for six months i love it there um but i don't know i feel like don't do any other shit you've got to be in your in really good behavior for a little bit and then tell them like i don't mean like go out of your way because they're going to suspect something's wrong but like be on really good behavior for a minute and then be like, mom, I'm so sorry. This was a, like, admit that it was a bad decision. Mm. And also send me a picture of the snake. Cause I am so curious as to what it looks like. I just, oh, it's like right across day. his forearm like that. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Hey man, if my Dutch parents would be very, very upset or yeah, be sorry. Your best behavior and, and then tell them the truth. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, that's great advice, but I think it's a perfect ending for us. Jade, thank you so much for joining us, thank joining me. me. Joining We're, us. Who's there? The, the collective <laughs> us. Like, it's a bunch of people. Like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God. I've got 17 friends that have been, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where where can people find you? What have you got going on? What have you got to plug? Oh, yeah. Well, The Soup is on every Wednesday night at 11. You can also stream it online, NBC. But also, I have my very first comedy show that I'm doing in a long time, a virtual show um, on tickets, on Ticket Rush. It's going to be kind of like an interactive thing where I'm trying out new material and fans can ask me questions. And I can. it's really interesting. I want it to be very loose, very fun. And it's called Me, Myself, and Zumba. And it's October 17th at 7 p.m. And I'll send you the poster so you can post everything so they can come check it out. Oh, that's awesome. We'll have that. We'll have links in the show notes. We'll have it decorated yeah. with, with Oh, your thanks. Stuff. I love the poster. I'm very, I took it in my own shower. So I'm very excited. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Jade, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, it, was, it was awesome having you. And thank you for everybody listening. We'll talk at you next week.
Awesome. Bye.